we're talking about this next attribute of God. Who read the chapter? All right. We're going to get our money's worth. Okay. There's ten chapters, and that book cost ten bucks. That was a dollar chapter the way I got it figured. So, did you get your dollar's worth in Tozer's description of God's immutability? Mm-hmm. Anybody like to expand on the mm-hmm? What is that character quality? He never changes ever. He never changes ever. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, he's the same. What does that mean? And he's good. He never changes. Okay. And so, uh, I'm sure that you all got your old dictionary out, right? And you looked up immutable. And so, based on uh, the biblical definition, you, so God doesn't change. He never changes. Nope. Sally said the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. And forever, yeah, forever. Because we, we, we've looked at, at what other attribute, see, what other attribute is the forever attribute? Eternity. He's eternal. God is eternal. Forever. Forever. Yes, the only one that is a plethora of years. He is. He is. No, it's not a plethora of years because to God there is no such thing as time. So time is for us, not for God. And so, so, so we're not eternal, right? We learned that a couple weeks ago. I know we're not eternal. Only God is eternal. And so, is only God immutable? Then what? Then what does immutable mean? How, how do you define immutability? Source? Okay. Because if it's perfect, he can't change or it will be perfect. Okay. So he can't change. He can't change. Alright. Okay, so Tozer um, puts it into, into those terms. He says that God isn't even subject to change. You ever heard that, that, that question that, that gets posed from time to time? If God is all powerful, could God lie? I love that philosophical question. <coughs> By the way, what's the answer to that question? Well, no. The answer is no. The answer is no. Why, Mark? Um, because he is old. He's perfect. Holy. Perfect. Perfect. Because the scripture says he cannot love good God. Yes, you can keep going. And all of those attributes that we that we know of God and he, it, it's not his nature. It's not his character. He, he, he couldn't. He could not lie. And so, if he's immutable, that means that Tozer says that he's not subject to change, which means he is unchangeable. Okay. What other adjectives might we use to describe God's attribute of immutability if he's not subject to change and he's unchangeable? What else is he? If he's those two things, what else is he? He's always the same. Okay, consistent? Okay. God is consistent. God is a holy God because God is God is eternal holiness. He can never be any less than he is now. Could he be more than he is now? Nope. He's unchangeable. He's perfect. You can't make perfect any better. I love I love Pardon me? No, he's into something different. He, because God is. 
too of God's immutability meaning that he hasn't he's incapable God is incapable of changing in form and in quality and in nature God cannot change his nature God is we look at each one of these attributes and immutability seems like okay that's a no brainer God doesn't change let's go home this is kind of simple isn't it (laughs) is it Okay, that's a good point. So, so for God, it is simple to be immutable. He's all powerful, all present. (laughs) We know He's everlasting, right? Um, Meaning eternal. He's self-existent. He had no beginning. He had no end. And those are easy things to say. And how many of those do we completely comprehend? Even His immutability. Do you completely comprehend that? None of them. Okay. So none of them can be completely comprehended. What is the opposite of God's immutability? Change. Change. Okay. Okay. What's the word that we would use? Mutable. Mutable. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So if God is immutable, then we have mutable, which is just the opposite, which is subject to change, changeable, inconsistent. Capable of changing in form, quality, and nature. So, what examples can you think of of both mutability and immutability? So we can really wrap our heads around this 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 term that we're going to be using tonight that describes an attribute of God. What examples can you think of of both either immutability or mutability? I like the word. Go ahead. Go ahead I like it where it says in Malachi 3, he says, For I am the Lord and I change not. I change not. So he's immutable. So what are some examples of either mutability or immutability? It's, it's, it's mutable. Excuse me? Satan is mutable. Satan is mutable. Okay, so there's a person that is mutable. Is Satan a person? Genes mutate. Genes mutate. Well, the example he gave in there, the caterpillar and the butterfly. Caterpillar and the butterfly. I thought that was a perfect example. Okay. So this caterpillar comes to life and it mutates into something. I don't know about you guys. If you watch those survival kind of shows on TV. I think they're really cool. I like them. And so, you know, they got to they try to figure out what to eat. And, you know, and, there's, and they're, they're out there in the wilderness and they got nothing. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I love it, you know, when they, when they, you know, they find ants or like, you know, even Tyler ate an ant the other night when we had Delta groups. But Tyler's weird. Um, but they, you know, grubs, they eat grubs and they, they, they'll eat anything that they can because they're starving. You know, they're out there in a the survival mode. They got nothing to eat. And so, and I was I was thinking about that as I was reading this this chapter, and and, uh, and Tozer uses this example of of the um, of the butterfly. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a grub, and it turns into this beautiful thing. It and so it mutates, doesn't it? Okay. Okay. So, so we have animals that, that are mutable, and we have people that are mutable, and we have beings that are 
Okay, clouds. Okay. All right. All right. So I, I guess we've established that there that that people then are are mutable. We're all mutable. What does that mean? We're we're created. So, we're, but what does it mean to be mutable as a person? Personalizing. We change. Okay. All right. Let's go down there for just a little bit. Let's. Uh, pardon me? Physically and spiritually. Okay. Physically. Susan says that we're mutable physically and spiritually. Good. Everybody agree with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Some How about... Some get uglier, some get better. By whose standard would you say that? Speak for yourself, I probably should have never said that about you and your dad. <laughs> okay, so so let's let's personalize it a little bit because you know all these things as as we apply the truth of who God is to our life, it's important that we that we're able to personalize it because if we don't personalize it, then then we we have this relationship with God at a distance. And so if we don't want to have this relationship with God at a distance, it's it's really important to personalize who He is. Mm-hmm. And so, so let's 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 go down the road of spiritual mutability. For example, mm-hmm. who would like to give me an example? It could be either your life or somebody else's. That somebody that you know mm-hmm. of spiritual or or even a biblical story about spiritual mutability. Saint Paul. Saint Paul. Paul. The Apostle Paul. Salvation. Okay. Salvation itself is a mutability. Mm-hmm. Spiritual mutability is a proven uh, uh, biblical truth by the fact that we're sitting in this room as saved people. And and the Apostle Paul, finish the thought on the Apostle Paul and his spiritual mutability. He he changed his whole way of thinking, the Lord did. Persecuting to uh, proclaiming the, the the greatness of God and the value of Jesus Christ and what he meant when he was on earth. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Keep going. Personalized. Tell me a personalized story about spiritual mutability. Anyone? Okay. You can have to be very personal. Marriage. Marriage. Okay, even more personal than that, Doris. You did? Doris? Doris? You put the broom away. Doris is going to say that one more time and go ahead. From your diaphragm. What did you just say? And what happened then? <laughs> there it is. And so there is an there is <laughs> Dora said that she used to be a mean old witch. Dora, this is being this is being recorded, Dora. said that she used to be a mean old witch and the Lord saved her. The salvation that is ours in Christ alone. And God did that. You received that. 
And that mutability was a spiritual thing. Kathy made, uh, made a very profound uh, statement last week about when we were talking about... It, no, I'm, I'm kidding you. I've been, you told me all about it. Dude, I'm telling you about it. It's been, <laughs> that resonated with me all week because it, it, was, it was just huge. And as, as, as I've been trying to teach on really uh, the personalization of this because our relationship with the Lord is so personal, isn't it? I mean, He saved each one of us individually. Individually. Because He loves us. And, and it is because of his attributes. He is love. And for that, he created us out of love. He created us for love. He is love. And he saved us for that reason. It's very personal. And so as we personalize these, these, um, these attributes of God, it, it matters because it affects, it, it affects our life, our salvation. It's a salvation issue. No, <laughs> so nobody can save themselves. So, so we know that we are mutable, and that God is immutable. So we can clearly establish that biblical truth, right? No question about it. So we know that we're both spiritually mutable and physically mutable. And as we're spiritually mutable, keep it personal. I'm not going to talk about the Apostle Paul anymore. <laughs> keep it personal. How does that affect you knowing that you, as you sit here, are mutable? Meaning you're subject to change, you're changeable, you are capable of change in form and in quality and in nature. How does that affect you going forward? in your relationship with God. In our case, it's a good thing we are. Why? Because we can grow in Christ and become better people. Okay, so through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can grow. It would be horrible if we were not evil and Live still in the past. Okay, well, if we weren't mutable, we would have to be immutable. And we know we can't be. Okay, so we have we have the issue of uh, what's the what's the Christianese word that we use? Sanctification. sanctification. Okay, so we would we would call that sanctification, right? So uh, so we're mutable from a sanctification point of view. I sure hope so. Are we? Are we getting better and better in our relationship with the Lord? That's the question. Yeah. If you are, then there's something wrong. Paul said, from glory to glory, he's changing me. From glory to glory, he's changing me. (laughs) Or really both. Okay. In what way? Well, the the new man, that part of us that is united with Christ, Uh our spirits are nature to them and our bodies and our souls are mutable and transformed through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives through the course of time as long as that lasts. 
Good. Our bodies grow old and wear out, but our eternal life goes on. Okay. And so we're we're going to we're gonna, Tozer even uh, suggests in this chapter that when we get to heaven, because <coughs> that's our home. So when we get home, uh, he suggests that we will continue our mutability in terms of of growth. When and I agree. When we're in heaven. Yes. And I agree because because we, I, I think the Bible is very clear that we are going to grow in in uh, in the Lord even in the heavenly realms for an eternity, and God is going to reveal Himself. That's what the Bible teaches. <laughs> um, if if you were if you were with us in the heavens in the heaven series, and, and, and I, I will I will find it for you. I don't have the I don't have the scripture references, but we we took a whole night and, and looked at that partially. We talked about what we will be doing in heaven and the principles that are applied, and and I believe that Tozer is biblically accurate that we are not going to be all knowing when we get to when we get to heaven, and and God is not going to reveal Himself to us. In totality, instantaneously, and are we going to see with a whole different set of eyes? Of course we are. Of course we are. But are we going to be all knowing at, in an instant? Uh, that, that's not what the Bible teaches. And so, um, if, if we need to look at that together, I'm happy to do that. But um, so, in any event, so are we? Are then we changing mutably, or are we adapting? Changing. We're changing. Well, years ago at OBCC, they had a group come in of potters wheel, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a classic example of what the Lord does with this. You start with a lump of clay and the beautiful end result. But the, the clay had to be uh, workable. Otherwise, you know, it had to be soft and receptive to the potter's hands. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what can be done. Amazing what can be done if we're pliable. Uh, how do we remain pliable to be to to be uh, ever changing, to be mutable in the sight of the Lord in in our sanctification process? How do we do that? Okay, spend time in the Word and okay and okay. Open. Okay, so that, that kind of denotes willingness, doesn't it? We can read this all we want if we're, we're, we're set to believe a different way. Perfect. So let me ask you this. So do you you believe you believe God's nature, you believe who he is, you believe he is only he is immutable. Right? Okay. Why? Why do you believe that? Yeah. So, so, why do you believe that? Because he's the creator, we're the created. Because people are always going to disappoint you some part. I mean, that's. That's why you believe it? Because people will disappoint you? Well, I'm saying, I told you, said that. Mm-hmm. 
So you believe that God is, is immutable because you're looking at the mountains. You believe it because people let you down. Why do you believe it? Because what? Because the Bible... T- okay, so for Diana, it's because the Bible tells her so. Robert? Well, the song, Abide with me, it says, change and decay all around I see. Hold down, it changes not. Abide with me. Mm-hmm. Creation changes the creation. <laughs> creation changes. Okay, so we've established that. That's good. I love Proverbs 35. It's not on your... It's not 35. 30. Verse 5. Uh, it's not on your list, but it says that every word of God is flawless. I like that. But then it goes on, of course, to say that he is a shield to those who take refuge in him. But you can't just stop there because you've got to read verse 6 because verse 6 goes on to say, do not add to his words or he will... What? Rebuke you. We see that in Revelation as well, don't we? The end of Revelation says that. When people often ask me, you know, you believe that that that, that uh, in, in Revelation, the last chapter of Revelation, it says don't add anything or take anything away from this from this word of God. Do you believe that that's just for Revelation, or do you believe that's for the entirety of the Scripture? And I was just pointing back to Proverbs 30, verse 5. It's for the entirety of Scripture. The whole counsel of God cannot be added to or taken away from, which is so common today, isn't it? Just comment, and so, and it's okay. We can have differences uh, in our interpretation of some of the things that are not essential. But for the things that are essential, you, you, you can't. And so, is it essential that God is immutable in character? I would submit that all of God's attributes are essential because it, because that's who God is. And so, if you if you don't believe in that God, there are many cults, for example, that say that they believe in Jesus, but which one? Yeah. It's a Jesus of their own making. It's certainly not the Jesus of the Bible. And so that, that becomes very dangerous, doesn't it? Because it doesn't apply to, to uh, Proverbs um, chapter 30, verse 5, or, or the last chapter of Revelation, either one. Because they add to who Jesus is. Actually, they take away from who he is. So we've established that God is immutable and he's unchanging. And we've also established that everything else, because everything else is created, is mutable and changing. So that means then <coughs> mutations, that's where we get the word from, right, Susan? Everything mutates, right? We see that in the caterpillar and the and the butterfly. Beautiful butterfly from a it's it's a it's a mutation. So so that means that we can then argue that um, that um, uh, I guess evolution is true. <laughs> everything is everything is changing and mutating. And evolving? You just said everything is except for God. Does it make up your mind? Is either is or isn't? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's Thing is like traveling, you know, 
takes a lot more faith to be a Darwinist than it, than it does to be a, to be a believer. Mm-hmm. So, having said that, let's, let's, start, let's start in on Scripture and, and see what Tozer, where he takes us with, with this immutability. Malachi, and then if somebody wants to, uh, to um, uh, pull up Hebrews 13, 8. And then, Doris, can I get you to turn to, because uh, you have the New King James Version, can I get you to turn to Hebrews 6, verses 17 and 18 in the, in the New King James? Mm-hmm. All right, so somebody read, even though Sally already did it, somebody read Malachi 3, 6a, just the first part of verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, hold that's the enough. Of that's enough. I, the Lord, do not change. Yeah. Okay? Who's making a declaration? And what's the declaration? Is that enough for you? It should be. Okay. It should be. And yet there's more. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Who's making that declaration? Or is it a declaration? Okay. Is it the declaration? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God's word is declaring that Jesus Christ is the same. When? Always. Always. Hebrews six seventeen and 18 in the New King James. Listen carefully because Doris talks okay. like. Let us God key word in that verse in, in Hebrews chapter 6. So we even use the term. Okay? So God's word in the, in the New King James, and the King James by the way, uses the word immutability. So the Bible not only defines the term, it uses the term and it, de- it is declarative of, of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit never changing. I like Hebrews 6, 17, and 18 in the Living Bible. It says this, God also bound himself with an oath so that those he promised to help would be perfectly sure and never need to wonder whether he might change his plan. I love that uh, in, the, in, the, in the Living Bible because um, uh, how many times have you... Um, had a, a heart for somebody that was struggling with doubt. Who has ever struggled with doubt? You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, yeah, I mean, because they're, they're, that's natural, isn't it? Doubt is, is natural. But we can take it to an unnatural state if we're not careful. And I love this Hebrews passage because God has these promises that he has always fulfilled and he's tried to keep it pretty simple just in case we ever wanted to worry about this we ought not because he says that he's not going to change his plans and then verse 18 in the living bible says he has given us both his promise and his oath two things we can completely count on 
Hmm. So we have his attributes and we have his promises. He's immutable and he's promised that he, he not only is it declarative that he's not going to change, he promises that he's not going to change and he promises that he's going to fulfill his promises. Huh. Last week we asked, do you believe it? Does that comfort you? These declarative scriptures that God says that he's not going to change and he's going to, he's, the things that he's promised, he will fulfill. We look back and we see all the fulfilled promises already. There's only a few left. Is that comforting? Why? Because I don't have to worry about what's going to happen anymore. Could you say that one more time? I don't worry about what's going to happen. I already know that God has it all under control. So you don't worry about what's going to happen, Doris? No. But what happens if your car breaks down tomorrow? But do we really know? What's that? But do we really not worry about it? I know, is that a rhetorical question? If if a doctor gives you bad news, then first thing a lot of people say was, well, where are you, God? But you believe that God can do it. Okay, because last week we were talking about God's omnipotence. He's he's all powerful. Mm -hmm. In whose life is God all powerful? Ours. Okay, let's give it the Richie. I call that the Richie. Okay, so so he's all powerful in our life. And he tells us not to worry about things that we don't have control of. I don't know if the car's going to break them. I don't know the slightest idea. Okay, so you believe that so you believe that God is immutable, you believe in all these attributes that we've been looking at, right? And so the question that we asked over and over and over again last week was um, do we believe that God is both all powerful last week as we were looking at his omnipotence? And and the answer in this room is I mean, would you all be prepared to declare that God is all powerful? Okay. So it's like a slam dunk, isn't it? And now we're looking at another attribute of God because we believe the word of God to be to be true. And so we've driven that stake in the ground around here, at least. And so um, and, and we're willing to declare that he is also immutable. And then we ask the second part of the question. And last week, the second part of the question and this week, too, by the way. Um, and then I promise I'm not going to go back to it after this week. Do you believe that by revelation or do you believe that by reason? And are you challenged by the thought of believing by revelation or by reasoning? And where does revelation come from anyway? From the Holy Spirit. Okay, so God the Holy Spirit provides the revelation. How, Mark, does, does, does the Holy Spirit reveal things to you? Uh, spiritually. Okay. Through uh, Scripture. Through Scripture? And I'd say even through uh, counsel. Counsel. Uh, 
Okay. Okay. Earlier, Steve says that he had some things revealed to him, and he's told me this before. Um, just even like the Bible says, even through nature, it's like whenever you're you have this question and you're reminded God is who He is. Sometimes by just just oh my gosh, <laughs> look around. <laughs> you know, Ernie has a time lapse uh, photograph of of a, of a sunset, with, and there's a barn in the picture, and it's like whoa. You know, I mean, that's real. That's a, that's a real deal. That's, the sunset is real, you know. And, 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 and God created that to happen. It's, 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 it's wild. And so, so do we then believe it by revelation or by reason? And there's a real specific reason that I was asking that question last week. And if you read Tozer's chapter this week, you're going to pretty much figure that out. Okay? But what is reason? Unreliable, for one thing. Because too much emotion is involved in it. Oh. Okay, so last week I was challenging you to keep things personal. Because that's what our relationship with the Lord is. Mm-hmm. If it's not personal, what is it? Mm-hmm. It's distance. Yeah. If it's not personal, we put God at a distance. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it, so reasoning is unreliable. What is reasoning? Mm-hmm. Sort of like putting two and two together and coming up with Okay, two and two is four. Don't you come to reason after you made a revelation? Oh, okay. So Tyler read the book. So reason is. No, I didn't. Uh, okay. I didn't, give one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give you one. No. Okay. Well, there aren't any left, so you're gonna have to share one. So, uh, so what's the definition of reason? And the reason we ask. There's too many, too many times using the word reason. The reason I ask, um, it, it's important because because I think uh, that Tozer uh, does a really good job of kind of wrapping this this up in terms of believing by revelation or by reason. Because we can sit here all day long and try to reason our way through God's omnipotence and God's immutability. And um, uh, can you get there by reasoning? No, it's not possible. We don't have the capacity. We weren't. We we don't have the capacity to do that. We're fallible. So reason is a rational ground or motivation. So the question then is: Do you believe this stuff by reason or by revelation? If you believe it by by reason, then I'm wondering what your motivation is. What are you motivated by? Are you motivated by your belief? <coughs> Are you motivated by what you want to believe? Because the other part of the definition of reason is a power, the power of comprehending or thinking. Do you think that we can overthink this? Okay, you're laughing, Tyler. Do you think we can overthink this? Yeah, we're human. Okay. The other is a simple little chorus that uh, kids in Sunday school sang a long time ago. Doris, I'm sure familiar with it, and puts it very succinctly. It's Jesus loves me, yes, I know, but the Bible tells me so. It's a simple term that is very solid. Okay, so it is solid because if you're going to try to believe something by reason, Tozer says you're going to think your way through all of this, and uh, uh, and I'm not sure that that I'm not sure that that works because Revelation, on the other hand, really is defined, and I think we already know this, and Mark Mark was describing it. You know, how does God reveal things to us? Uh, lots of different ways. 
There, there are as many ways as you might be able to think of as probably the ways that God reveals His truth to His people. Um, and it's based kind of on, on how He made us. We're all wired a little bit different, aren't we? And, so, and that's totally okay. But, but revelation is really the act of revealing or communicating a divine truth. 1957, Webster's Dictionary. The act of revealing or communicating a divine truth. Who does the act? Of revealing. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So we know that if we're going to learn something, that it's going to have to be revealed. Can you get there? Can you believe? Is it possible to believe by reasoning your way through something? Is it possible? Can you start there? You can start there. Okay. There was a question and inflection in your voice, so can you finish that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I personally don't think the scripture would support coming to a spiritual understanding of truth without revelation, but I think you could start that path, that, that, that uh, journey by employing reason. Amen. But without revelation? You won't get there. It's impossible to get there without revelation. If God does not reveal it to you, then it is an academic exercise and it will not penetrate your heart. Now personalize it. What's the fruit of your walk with the Lord? Oh, why am I going there when we're talking about the attributes of God? Well, because it matters how you answer that question, quite frankly. What matters is, is if we're going to answer the question by, uh, by rationalizing or by, by, by looking at it from you know, what our motivation is. Because I've got to tell you, there isn't a person in this room that has a pure motivation. Because from what I can tell, I think we're pretty much all sinners. I'm pretty sure of that. Okay. And so, you know, our motivation is not pure. It's impossible to be pure. I mean, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we're, we're done in terms of rationalizing. But can we start there? Yeah, that's my own personal testimony. That's how I started. Until God drove me all the way to my knees to get down, and then, and then there was revelation. <laughs> you know? Because nothing had changed while I was reasoning through it. I was reading and I was studying and it, 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 you know, it never came together until I submitted to the revelation. And he's been revealing ever since. And as it should be with all of us. The really good thing is, is that God can bring us to him without revelation. Say that again? Well, God can bring us to, to Him without revelation, I think, because, because we're not fully filled with the Holy Spirit because we haven't accepted Him. But He is still working our lives to bring us to Him. God, God will bring people to Himself. Right, because when, when you're saved is when you get filled mm-hmm. with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when things start teaching you but the question is, do you believe based on reason or revelation? Because the difference is belief. Can God draw somebody to himself? 
I don't want to get off on this because that this would be a real tangent. But but can God bring somebody, draw somebody to Himself, and have them reject Him? Okay, the people reject God all the time. So so in essence, they don't believe because the question here, and I'd like to say focus on that: believing in terms of is it revelation or is it is it reason? And you know, and, and a couple of things, I think it becomes pretty important. In fact, in fact, I'd like Tyler. Uh, uh, Tyler has impacted me most recently. I, you know, when I say most recently, in the last three or four years, um, uh, just in terms of his approach to this, and I want him to share it because if you don't mind, just the simplicity of it, believing. In what aspect? I mean, you believe, right? Absolutely, 100%. Okay, why? Because it's written. Because <laughs> it's written. <laughs> okay. I'm a very, very simple person. So, I mean, I just believe in, in the Holy Spirit and God's revealed himself to me in so many different ways once I did that. Mm-hmm. I had such a control issue in the past with my marriage and the, and the work and everything else that once I submitted, things blossomed before then they didn't and that caused difficulty even though I called myself a what do, you, what do you mean you had a control issue? You were control, trying to control God or control situations? Or I guess it was trying to control God because I didn't give up everything in my life. I had mine and I had his. And I didn't do that until recently in my life, like eight, ten years ago. Until I really had the God revealed himself to me and how, how life can be with him. Okay. And it, it, it was simple to me. That's why a lot of the stuff, I mean, like you teach on everything. I get, I'm, it's beyond me, but I believe what's in Scripture. And so I, I just believe. Childly faith. I, 100%. Because I think it's sort of childly. And, so, and, and, and we're wired different. And one of the things I appreciate about, about Tyler is, and, and, um, and of course, you know, we've, we've come like this. Uh, we've been meeting, you know, every Saturday for five years. <laughs> so, um, uh, and, and, and so, uh, you know, so, so here's a brother in the Lord, and he, he is wired so totally different than me. I mean, it's just like we're wired differently. There's no, no question about it. And I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to work my way through seeking the Lord on certain things, and he just says, well, dude, just, just believe in God. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't, Tyler. <laughs> you know, I, you know, because for me, I, I, I already believe. But then I have to go through the reason. In fact, in fact, Tozer, did you read this in, in Tozer's chapter? He, he, he said he helps us better understand this because he quotes uh, Saint Anselm, who lived a thousand years ago, and who said this: "I don't seek to understand that I may believe." I believe in order to understand. That's what Mark was saying. We we flipped it so much oftentimes in our life. Who has something in their life that they haven't given up, like you were talking about? Because if you don't all raise your hand, you're liars. <laughs> haven't given up to the Lord. I mean, come on. Everybody has something. We're imperfect. We're fallible people. We have something. It's called sanctification. We're working on it. You were talking about control. I'll bet 80% of the people in this room have a control issue. (laughs) Hello! You know, I want to be in control. I want to have control. I want to take control. I want to... You know what I mean? And so, and it's it's constant. It's been that way for years. I got to, you know, and it's... 
and it's a, it's a really slow process in that area in, in my own life. And yet, in other areas of my life, it's like a no-brainer. I can just give it up and I've got complete trust, complete... I don't have any issues in certain areas of my life. Why? And why is that? Hmm. Anselm says, you know, I don't seek to understand that I might believe. I believe first. So God reveals that I shouldn't be a control freak. <laughs> Am I fixed? Is that problem solved immediately? No. Why not? Yeah, man, my stubbornness. And willingness. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a willingness issue. What are you willing to give up? What do you, what, if, if, if God isn't changing, but he wants us to. It's called sanctification. Because what is he, what does he want us to be? That, like him. Okay. Holy. <laughs> he wants us to be holy. So the question is, do we want to be holy? Do we believe that he wants us to be holy? Then why do we hang on to this stuff? Well, what are our motivations? Because reason says that it's a rational ground or motivation. Who's reasoning through something that they've that they've learned either recently or maybe like for some of us a long time ago <laughs> that, that we're that we're trying to work through to, to become hope, to become more Christ-like? Who's, who is reasoning their way through something that they're just right now unwilling to give up? And why are you unwilling to give it up? Security. Comfortable. What? Fear. Fear of what? The unknown. Not being in control. Not controlling the outcome. The reason the Doris's car is going to break tomorrow is because she's not driving anymore. She solved that problem. But not we. But aren't we afraid? And what are we afraid of? Let it go sometimes. Afraid of letting go. We're afraid to release it. Why are we afraid to release it? God doesn't change. He wants us to be holy. He's all-powerful. In fact, in James 1, 5... Did you, did you go... Did you cheat? Did you go ahead there? Go ahead. Turn to James 1, 5. Maybe the humanness in us just feels that, that that's a sign of weakness. But you don't believe that. No. You don't... In fact, you believe that it's a sign of strength. Because the Bible tells you something. That can creep into our thinking. Ah. Uh, so what do we got to do in order to understand and believe by revelation and not reason that we can give these things up to the Lord because He wants us to? James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Okay, so... So James is talking about wisdom. Last week we looked at the we looked at the passage last week um, that that uh, that related to that, right? Remember what it was? 
ask. And so, you know, we have to look. We have to look at these in context, of course. But um, and so, if we're unwilling, what would it take to be? What would it take to become willing? Well, go ahead and read verse six. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Don't you just hate context? <laughs> it's convicting, isn't it? I mean, come on, let's get real, guys. We worship a holy God, self-existent, transcendent. All-powerful, all-knowing, unchanging. This is the God. This is who God is. And so why is it then that we're challenged by these simple things to give up? Control. And surrender. And surrender. Why do we get that backwards? Satan doesn't want you to do it either. <laughs> What's the motivation? Selfishness? Yeah, man, I like my control. Because I'm in charge when I'm in control. There isn't anybody in this room that isn't affected by that. We like to be in charge of our stuff. Don't we? Yeah, but that's it. And yet, the truth of the matter is, is we're not. Who is? Why don't we just give it up? All this is coming out of an attribute of God. And then he tells us to be like him. I'm headed more down his path lately. You know, and even you a little bit lately. Delta groups. Can we just simplify this a little bit? Yeah, I'll be perfectly frank with you. I think I've, I think in my own life, I've, I've rationalized some things. Oh, it's not that bad. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm being sanctified. I'm working on it. But I haven't given it up. Have you? Did anybody do any cross-references to Tozer's scriptures that he started out with in this chapter on God's immutability? Because I want to, I want to encourage you to do that, so that when, when, when next week when you look at the scriptures that Tozer gives you, uh, cross-reference them, so that you can see more of the whole counsel of God. Because some of these some of these uh, scriptures that I cross referenced this week were really really powerful. Because if God is immutable and, and He's never changing, and He's not only all powerful and He's all present, and He's totally consistent, and He'll always be there in our trials and our triumphs, we believe that, don't we? So let's believe it by revelation, because He's told us. The reason we believe it is because somebody says it is written. And we believe what is written. So let's act on what is written. And let's look at James 1.17. Because we need to finish up tonight just following up with these attributes of God so that we can act on them. 
Because it doesn't do us a lot of good to sit here and go through a Bible study or go through a, 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 a topical study or go through and, and try to understand who God is on a personal basis if we're not going to apply it. Because if we walk out and there's no application to it in terms of, does that change anything? Because <coughs> I've been challenged this week, to be honest with you. I mean, I've been really challenged this week in areas of, of you know, where am I exercising too much control? And is it, you know, am I, am I too worried about what people think of me? What difference does it make? I don't think I'm there yet, but, I, but I've been thinking about it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and maybe this is the week that I can give some of that up. I don't know. I hope so. i got to pray because, I, uh, you know, because this is, this, is, this is the God we serve. This is the God who created us. James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. Yeah, and that's that's one of Tozer's scriptures that he gave us to talk about the immutability of, of God. And when he talked in his very first paragraph, he said, This is kind of boring, isn't it? God's immutability. I mean, who wants to hear about the ever the never changing God? I like change, personally. Unlike my wife, my wife's more like a cat. She wants things lined up just the way they are all the time. She can count on it. And I like, you know, I'm wired a little different. Than that. I like things to be different all the time. I like them lined up all the time. You're, you're like a cat too. <laughs> okay. And Lamentations, you don't have to turn there, but Lamentations 3:22 says this: Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Stop. Do you believe that? Fill in the blank. We are not consumed by what? Fear? Pride? Well, if you believe the whole counsel of God, Lamentations says, because of God's great love, we are not consumed. And he finishes it this way. For his compassions never fail, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is so faithful. The question is, are we being faithful to the attributes of the God that we worship? It should be easier than this, shouldn't it, Ty? <laughs> we make it so hard. It's good to be challenged. It's really good to be challenged. Because where does conviction come from? The Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's revelation. Man, if you're convicted from anything that comes from God's Word, that is awesome. And if it's making you uneasy and squirm in your seat, that's even better. And it's even better if it happens for a while and you're, and you're seeking Him for what to do about it because that's simple. And I don't know about you, but I need to go there. I need to go there more simply. And so Isaiah 14.24 says, um, which is a cross-reference to these um, scriptures that, that Tozer pointed out to us, the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will happen. Don't you love that scripture that says, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. 
and you're making all these plans to do this and do that. It doesn't say don't have to be a planner. It says, when you've been in total control, or you think you've been in total control, you're fooling nobody but yourself. Psalm 33, 11 says, But the plans of the Lord, the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, and the purposes of his heart through all generations. And my favorite one is Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans, everybody will listen to this, I guarantee it. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So who are we seeking? In terms of this unchanging God, Tozer asks then the question: What does this all mean? Then? Did you read that at the end of this at the end of this chapter? So, what does this all mean to you and me? Boy, it's quiet in here. <laughs> yeah, great words. We're not in control. That's super words. Good words. No matter Okay. He loves you and he continues to change you. It's great words. What does it mean to you and me? <laughs> Tozer wrote an answer to that question, by the way. But Tozer can't answer the question for you. You have to answer the question for you. Tozer's answer was it means my poor, helpless, dependent self finds a home in God. See, Tozer at least had an understanding, perfect as he, imperfect as he was, he at least had an understanding that he had to seek the Lord in everything. Because his life wasn't even his. Everything about his life belonged to the Lord. And he was going to fumble through it just like anybody else. But his poor, helpless, dependent self finds a home in God. Because in Mark 3.25 it says that a house divided cannot stand. And you know what that means? It's like being a double-minded man. Can't serve two masters. And it's really a challenge. And here's my challenge for all of us. My challenge is in taking a look at this unchanging God. This all-powerful, all-present God. That we seek Him completely in everything. And stop just saying the words. But decide in our hearts to take the actions. And then see what happens. Because I would submit that the joy and the peace, not to mention the rest that we have in the Lord, they come as a result of believing by revelation, not by reasoning, justifying, conjoling. It becomes a result, or those things come as a result of believing by revelation, the revelation of God. It's simply a matter of faith. 
because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So on faith, purpose in your heart to seek the Lord for those areas that you do need to give up. We all do. Everybody has to. And simplify it in such a way that we give God the glory for who He is. Simply for who He is. And purpose today as we walk out of here to take the one thing that you know that you need to give up and give it to him. Jesus said that he would take it. So just go ahead and make it in his power. Because if we walk out and we try to not just say the words, but if we believe it, and because of who God is in our lives, and we choose that we want to do something, we purpose to do something, we decided to do something, we have to do it in his strength by asking him for what we need for that. Because in and of ourselves, it's not going to happen to it. It can. We'll fight it the rest of the way. We'll just keep fighting it because we're going to reason our way through it. As opposed to just believing it because God is revealed. You just gave it. Psalm 
He is a patient God with us, isn't he? Because <laughs> Tyler hates it when I use this word, but I'll do it self-deprecatingly. <laughs> because I'm an idiot. You know? And and I so totally need God in my life because if I'm trying to do this on my own, I, it's like the minute I am trying to do it on my own, I I, I blow it. I just blow it. So we worship this awesome God and now we're gonna sing about it.